Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real. We're super excited today to have a lovely girl today with us called Who Nicole. happens to be Danish, 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 Danish. Danish, Danish, Danish. Yeah, she, going through a big Danish phase. Yeah, Danish all the way. She has um, got this wonderful initiative called Be Bold, which is... Uh, all about empowering women and set up to really network women together, bring them together from all walks of life and different industries so that there's an online community and event sort of community where everybody can get together, share ideas, support each other and really help each other in each other's businesses, life, uh, whatever it is. So welcome to our podcast. Good morning. And could you tell us a little bit about how it all began? Yeah. So um, people, as she said, is a community for female empowerment. So basically bringing together women of, you know, different industries, different walks of life, like old and young and so on. And it's really just about bringing together women and have them share each other each other's experiences, uh, make them give advice to one another. And therefore, may, we may be able to, like, that way we can help each other mm-hmm. in whatever we're doing. Okay. So how come you set this up? What was the... What was the kind of, um, what happened that made you set this up? And when did you set it up? And who were the first people to come on board? Um, So basically, uh, I set it up together with my partner, Mathilde. We were working in Berlin last year. And both of us, we were members of Zoho House. And I love being there, but you never really get to meet anybody else than your friends. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of that way it started for us, thinking... You know, if we take an active approach, if we create a platform where we are actively connecting women with one another, then they may they may actually gain something from that. And I so, actually love that. I think mm-hmm. the first time we met, I yeah. said, you know, what's your intention behind yeah. this? How can you make, you know, there's yeah. obviously a lot of groups out there yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. and clubs and, and places around the yeah. world where women support each other and yeah. it's a network kind of community. But I asked you what was different yeah. and you said... Yeah, and what fun- are you actually setting out to do? Yeah, and, and yeah. what I loved though is you said that when you're traveling yeah. to New York yeah. or LA or yeah. Paris, you can actually, with the app, Look yeah. who's there yeah, exactly. and arrange a coffee, yeah. arrange to meet at Soho House so you're not eating alone and no. sharing ideas and really um, feeling like yeah. you've got a friend in every so, country. So we have, so like, you know, for me, of course, I want to succeed with what I'm doing, but it's very important for me to see other girls succeed as well, um, which is why we came up with the idea of creating this app which is for all of our members and on the app you can sign up for all of our events you can write with each other you can search on you know if you're looking for for a freelancer you can search on specific industries and then you can find the women that we have within those industries on the app um, so it's really based um, or it's created in a way so it makes it very easy for women to find other women both to connect with on a social level but also on a business level great so it's kind of the, the so it's kind of the the dating app that the the app for for women who want to meet women in similar situations yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. that's and great then, and, and so who are the women so the women are you know there's not a specific we don't have a specific requirement for what type of women we want um, we care about the mindset so mm-hmm. you need to be very driven you need to be ambitious you need to be 
you need to be willing to help other women mm -hmm. and as well take help from them. Mm -hmm. um, those are kind of the things that we look at when we look at the applicants. Um, but whether you're young or you're old doesn't matter. So what we do when we have young or older members is that we'll set up mentorship programs. So if we have a girl that's 22 and we have a member that's 47 and they're in the same industry, mm -hmm. then we'll set up a yearly mentorship program where they can get to know each other and the younger girl can learn from the older woman. That's fantastic. So there's a lot of different initiatives within the community. And also, I guess, if you're, you know, you're fresh out of university, yeah. you've got your degree in journalism, mm -hmm. you want to go and work in a magazine, mm -hmm. you might exactly. have somebody on your books that is an, yeah. an editor Absolutely. or sub-editor or whatever yeah. for one of the glossies. And you might yeah. say, you know what, I think this yeah. could be really helpful. So, exactly. So yeah. there's so many different things besides it being an online platform where you can connect with each other you also have you know we have a lot of different initiatives where we're helping women within the community and then of course we have all the events mm -hmm. so we do you know larger events that are panel discussions where women can kind of learn about different things and it's not necessarily issues related to only female empowerment this could be how to invest this could be how to remain youthful. We'll have a plastic surgeon coming in talking about how to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. It can be a neuroscientist talking about how the brain works and evolves. Anything mm -hmm. that will give you confidence. That I think really the, the main thing is for women today yeah. is obviously it's, there's been a real yeah. push for being an entrepreneur in this world today. Absolutely. And I think we've really grown into our skins Absolutely. and got our confidence to say, yeah. you know what? I'm not going to sit in an yeah. office every day earning money, yeah. working for somebody yeah. else to get the results. I'm going to yeah. do it for myself yeah. and I think there's been a real push towards that freedom and that that mentality but what the what the scary part is about that is how do you start how do you start your own business how do you make it happen how do you you know get it out there how do you what are the right tools and I think those kind of panel discussions which I know you've yeah. had in the past are so helpful Absolutely. and and one step further is actually putting together uh, an investor board who yeah. could potentially invest in your business yeah, exactly. and um you know, you could do presentations once every few months where people of a certain industry yeah. could come together, present an Absolutely. idea and actually seek investment for their yeah. project. And I think, well, I think... Absolutely, there are so many. I mean, I'm one of them. So many entrepreneurs today, mm -hmm. but it's also a very lonely path, and you yeah. often don't have. You know, you have to get up by yourself in the morning and start working. And there's nobody saying that you have to be in the office by nine thirty. And that's also one of the reasons why we are, you know, having this community and actively trying to connect women. So what we'll do is, if we have a lunch, we'll do industry lunches. So we'll invite everybody you know if you have a fashion lunch you will mm -hmm. invite editors fashion designers and fashion influencers because mm -hmm. they will ensure that the um the chances that pe the women will connect and be able to use the connections mm -hmm. at at the event yeah. are a lot higher yeah um so that's how we kind of do them because then you then the entrepreneurs are not alone anymore really. yeah. yeah yeah i love it this obviously has started from somewhere like you are a danish girl who was educated in the States. Mm -hmm. How did you find this need so early on? Because this whole embracing women, uh, entrepreneurs is a relatively new phenomena. Mm -hmm. And you have definitely got onto this wave very, very early on. How did you find all of a sudden that there was a need for precisely this kind of forum? Mm, I think that... Um, so. Actually, after traveling a lot in the States, they are very good at sharing each other's successes. And I really like their mentality. And I think that mentality has been missing a little bit in Europe. So in Europe, you know, you have a lot of conferences. And I've been to any conferences that have been extremely boring. It, it's In terms of the content, yeah. it's very good. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the atmosphere... And the engagement. And the engagement, yeah. it's just not the same. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, we kind of... I get a little bit on a high but by being in these places in the States because they, they're branding, the way they talk about each other. It's just a different... It's just a different experience. I think there's something in that. I think you know? um, I think we're getting better in the UK. Absolutely. But I think before it was very much you left university, you went and did an internship yeah. or you went and did your first job. You worked your way up the ladder. You were prepared to start at the bottom and get your experience. Yeah. And there was no kind of room for going out on your own. You had to do yeah. these things to get... Yeah 
you know, to the right place in your life. And I, it's certainly the way I went. It's, you know, university, then job, then work my way up, and then finally earned enough money to buy myself my first home. But, you know, there wasn't any other option at that point. And I think now we're realizing that there are lots and lots of options and avenues that we can follow if you've got the confidence, the support, the support, the backing, the knowledge, and the kind of drive to do it. You can go out and do it on your own. Eulina, where did your drive come from in the first place? Because I presume you've grown up quite normally in Denmark. How did you end up, first of all, studying in the States? And second of all, is this drive, have you had a phenomenal working mom who's inspired you? Or, like, where does it all come from? Well, I think, honestly, uh, you know, my my parents always make fun of it because I was... um, Basically, this may be embarrassing to say, but sleeping in my parents' bed until I was like 12. So, you know, they never thought I would have the confidence to go out on my own. But then they said I wanted to go to boarding school at the age of 13. And I think after going to boarding school, it just changed. Switzerland. Where? In Lenk, like a tiny little village. It's a tiny boarding school. But I think after going to boarding school, everything changed. But that's like a really big statement to send your daughter off to Switzerland, age 13, in Little Denmark. I asked for it. Where did that come from? Well, we had some friends that had gone there and they said, you know, do you want to go to the sporting school? You have school in the morning and you ski in the afternoon. I was like, yeah, of course, I love skiing. <laughs> that was the appeal. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it changed everything for me, for sure. And then wow. after that, I just... And in just, what way? It gave you your independence, your freedom, made you so grow up? So sporting school, you... You hand in your, there's no internet, you hand mm-hmm. in your phone when you arrive and you're there, it's only three months mm-hmm. and you go there and you're just with this group of 30 kids and they're from all over the world and I think after that, you know, I started traveling to see these different kids, then I went for a year in Miami and then I went to New York, so I started traveling mm-hmm. from there and then in Berlin at the end, so I think just just gave you like a... Um, I want to travel so I get bored mm. of being in the same place. I, I honestly think that's how it kind of started. But did you grow up with parents who also had a very good work ethic? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, they have very good work ethic and they've, you know, they're giving that to all of their children. So <clears throat> abs- absolutely. How many are you? Three. And I'm the youngest. Um, so I would say the most spoiled because, you know, I'm the Iftanilan. <laughs> I don't know what's that called. The name. little golden nugget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And then after meeting my business partner in in Berlin, we started traveling for work. And I think we we, we knew we wanted to start our own thing. And we Wait, wanted Hang on a second. So you meet your business partner in Berlin. Is this after you finished Colombia? Yeah. And what did you study at Colombia? Uh, I did. Uh, I studied international business and politics, basically. Mm-hmm. Three years. No, I did it. So I did it via. Um, I was at studying international business and politics at CBS in Copenhagen, and it was through an um, a an exchange. An exchange. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Amazing. So yeah. one semester. Yeah. Exactly. There in Colombia, and I come back, and I'm about to start my master degree in Copenhagen, and I didn't really love what I was doing, mm-hmm. so I told my parents I'm gonna rip a year out of the calendar and go to Berlin and try to see if advertising is more me than private equity. And it was. So I never I never did my master's degree. After a year in Berlin, I met my partner, Mathilde. Where did you meet? Uh, she, we were working together. So we were together. She's from Paris, and she was in our Paris office. Okay. But we were putting the same team together, started traveling together. And then at some point, we decided that we actually wanted to do something, like do a business together. And yeah. we, the way we started it was actually via research we did. We, just, we decided let's write a book. Like let's, let's do our research based on what our community should be on by writing a book where we interview the type of women that we want to have in our community. So we wrote the first one where we interviewed mm-hmm. 20, 20 women that we found inspiring. We had like the founder of Equinox in it, with the founder of Venus of Fleur. Then we had a lot of uh, uh, Forbes 30 under 30 girls. We had girls working in NGOs, and with all of them, we spoke about their career. We want to have advice from them to other mm-hmm. girls and also to us, basically. Um, and seeing kind of what they were saying about hard work, about success and what it takes was a part of how we were able to shape the community. So now we're now we're writing our second book, same topics, but now just different girls. So now I'm going to go to Dusseldorf on 
Thursday to interview Dr. Barbara Sturm for it. Then we have, uh, you know, we have a Danish um, TV journalist, Ida Wohlers, in the book. Then we have um, Anine Bing, the designer. So it gets mm -hmm. like a very, very different girls. But they all have experiences that, um, and they've gone through challenges. They've created massive businesses for themselves. And we want to take that advice and give that to other girls. We want to use it. And we also want to use some of them as mentors for the younger girls. I think that's into our fantastic. So yeah. Brilliant. And it's so, actually hands-on. It's yeah. not... Um, You know, we can we can all pick up a book on self help, on how to be successful, on how all these things. But actually, to speak to people face to face is just it. yeah, it's just and, a, a massive impact. And, and I think for us, like if you when you have a book like this with 20 different girls that are so different, but what brings them together is a lot of exactly their confidence because a lot of these women that we choose are women that you know you see they're big on Instagram, they're really popular, and they've. A lot of other girls love their business. So that's like how we kind of choose them. Mm -hmm. But when you have very different girls and you ask them the same questions about this advice, like, you know, how do you overcome your challenges? What mindset do you need to have to succeed and so on? And we, may, we write it in a very easy, mm -hmm. nice way to read. So it's, it's a beautiful coffee table book. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a great way to inspire other girls. And a lot of these girls then become speakers with us at our events and so on. So the, it's a great way for the girls going into our community um, to kind of start their own journeys. Amazing. And how many people do you have so far as part of the community? Um, so we launched it in London. We opened it... Um, in March mm -hmm. and I think we have 50 girls in mm -hmm. London so mm -hmm. we do it it's only you know it's it's on a referral basis mm -hmm. and we don't want to grow it too fast because yeah. we want to make sure that we have the right quality mm -hmm. yeah. of the women and we spend a lot of time on all of the girls you know we support them on helping them build their scale their own businesses as mm -hmm. well and so on so we spend a lot of time on one-on-one -on -one with them mm -hmm. and so yeah and then after here we of course want to go to other countries and New York as well. you recently did a, an event in New York didn't you yes yeah so we did we did do our first event in New York when and was that? in a month ago so this we no our last event was at Annabelle's here in London yep. before yeah, that which we that, popped yeah. into and then we did one before at um so house in in New York so the next one will be in London which will be at Isabel's. So we do, you know, different places. It's very important for us that it's not just about being serious. Mm -hmm. Like I want to have fun as well. I want to have, I want to have a nice drink and I want to have nice food. I want to have a beautiful place that I want to Instagram. So it's about not just the serious stuff, but also the social part yeah. of it. It's kind of everything. It's kind of a like typical woman, 360 degrees. Yeah. It's got to be aesthetically beautiful. It's got to be terrifyingly tasty and it's got to be very intellectually stimulating i love that multitasking woman yeah i think it's a really great movement and i also think you know it's quite tough still out there on your own yeah. and it's nice to feel like you're part of a community and that you've got support yeah. you've got someone to turn to if you're struggling with something and quite often when you get a mental block on something yeah. you know it to sit down and actually have a conversation about it can stimulate new ideas new directions new things to follow up on so i think it's really but, but worthwhile even, even you sophie that came to our first event at mm. ivy chelsea garden in london like even with you we saw with so many of the girls which is i love like the, the week after you see instagrams mm -hmm. of the women that they know each other that's before, true you know that's yeah, true exactly i love so that. Yeah, yeah i got in contact yeah. with a couple of girls yeah. following yeah. the event and and a couple of them got in touch with me and we had coffee and we shared ideas and you know we, we we sat down and we were yeah. very different you know I had um I had a coffee with Manon yeah. who I think is yeah she's mid 20s as well yeah, she, she's a baker she's a yeah. baker she was uh one of the runners up on the great yeah. British bake-off and I just found her so interesting and you know she started her time as a au pair yeah. in London that's how she yeah, came yeah. to London she came from a farm in France 
And she she was always passionate about cooking. She entered the Great British Bake Off and her life has completely and utterly changed. And I just think, you know, first of all, how do you cope with that? Because you've gone from being a no parent in somebody's house looking after their children to suddenly being in the spotlight. And second of all, what do you do with that? How do you really maximize on all the opportunities? And how do you shape yourself into being a successful entrepreneur, which is what she wants to do? So it was so interesting. What is someone chatting. like Nemo? Nemo. What is someone like her? What's the next step for her? Is she going to set oh, up her own baking lots brand? She's got things or? going on. Yeah, um, she's, she's traveling a lot. She's just uh, been to Canada with a maple syrup brand and doing lots of cooking and demos and, and travel. And she's loving that part of it because it's given her this new side of her life that she's never really had before. Um, but I think mainly she wants to do something that's really authentic to her. She wants to show what it's like living in London as a French girl, mm-hmm. cooking, all the different sort of skills involved but, in baking and sharing that with people. But I also need to say something right now to our listeners, which I hope, Nicolina, you will agree with me. It's also about taking risks and it's mm-hmm. about being really brave mm-hmm. and it's about having faith and believing in yourself and having the confidence to kind of maybe jump off the page a little bit. I'm sure someone like Manon, when she came over as an au pair to England, did not in a million years think that she was going to rise to the spotlight through... Uh, putting herself onto into a cooking competition yeah. you know you've kind of got to put yourself out yeah. there you've got to take a few risks you have. you've got to not be scared of failure and to all our listeners out there who uh undeniably probably have a dream or two that hasn't been uh, fulfilled yeah. and realized mm. you know uh i think negolina has a few good words to say to you guys <laughs> no but it's, that's why we call it be bold because it's really it is about being bold in your life. And I think, you know, personally, super tough when we started. For me, it was more the first Instagram post or LinkedIn post. Doing something that I've never done before was really, really tough. But it's just about about doing it and Mm -hmm. then realizing that, you know, being afraid of failure, you shouldn't be so afraid of it. Because if you fail, then, you know, you try again. I I absolutely agree with you. I think if you you don't fall off your bicycle, you get back on. Yeah, it's true. that if you don't fall when you ski you never become a better skier you know yeah so you just i'm a terrible skier it's hard (laughs) it's hard for to just do it you need somebody to kind of support you on it and say look i i failed as well yeah like a hundred percent like our little nigel here nigel who is eight years old and nigel has just come back from a school trip but a month before going, Nigel hadn't yet learned how to ride a bicycle. Why did you say that? Well, simply because I want to give um, I want to give a, a little bit of inspiration to people out there because you were really unbelievable. You know, we live in London, a lot of traffic, and the opportunity to ride bicycle is not so great. But Nigel decided a couple of weeks before he went on his school trip that, you know, now was the time. And he was visiting our gorgeous, wonderful Cecilia, who used to be our nanny, who's now more assistant and a part of our family and Nigel went to visit her in Denmark for the half term Mm -hmm. and literally first day he tried learnt how to ride a bicycle and you know you weren't scared of falling off were you darling you took a risk you were bold and I I think that's I I have hair but (laughs) no not bald (laughs) you do have a good sense of humour that's for sure Um, I I also think, you know, taking a few risks and, um, you know, fulfilling your dreams and your passions is is something that you've really got to do at some point in your life. Because otherwise you're sort of always stuck in that place of fear. And I, you know, it's like... um, you know, the, the the handbag collection I just launched, I didn't think in a million years I was going to do a handbag collection, but I was given the opportunity. I know what I like. I know where the gap is in the market. I wanted to bring something that people could actually afford um, rather than it being always with this huge price tag. And I went for it. And it's, and it's such an exciting thing to do. Not to mention, darling, your lip gloss that was literally sold out minutes after it yeah. was launched. I mean, all these things that you have in your life that you're passionate about, that yeah. you sit on, that you dream about yeah. that you kind of don't ever bring to the table it's it's at some point going to brew up so much in your absolutely sort of personality and it's also sometimes really hard to actually really 
believe that something yeah. you do and put your name to can can ever take off. I remember yeah. when um, when I la- launched my first uh, collection of stockings back mm. in 2010, and nobody had uh, no at this point in time no private person in Denmark anyway had put their name um, onto a product without mm-hmm. being you know a, a huge sports star mm. like Bjorn Ball for that matter. And um, I was one of the first uh, people in Denmark who ended up personalizing a brand from doing a little bit of TV work. And it was really interesting because when we launched, I remember very clearly that the stocking company, Hobbit Textile, were saying, you know, we will be thrilled if you sell 150,000 pairs of stockings over the next two years. That will be a very, very good business. <clears throat> and I had been doing the Baroness Moves In for a couple of years and... We launched the stockings in October of 2010. Yeah. And by December 2010, the first quarter, we sold 170,000 pairs of stockings. They hoped to sell 150,000 in two years. Yeah. We did 170. That's incredible. In three months. And it and was it, really it's your quite phenomenal. Yeah. And I think the, the, the point of this story is, you know, it doesn't really matter what it is, but as long as it's something that you really have 100% passion for and mm-hmm. that you really believe in, it's really worth giving it a yeah. shot because the chances of it succeeding are as great as them not, actually. And I know that you and I are, are pretty similar in the way we think and the way that we want to bring things to people. I mean, for me, it's definitely about affordability and I know you have your line of affordable luxury homeware as well the stockings too what's really interesting with is my stockings such a good price? is I do one called memories and I do one called my lady and these two are my absolute favorite and they're basics and I had for since I was a teenager been been wearing Wolford stockings yeah. and I do remember also that buying a pair of Wolford stockings is a little bit of an investment yeah. especially if you're on a student budget the same as a pair of Fogel you know you're paying 50-60 yeah. pounds for a pair of stockings and so when I was approached by this company and I was asked to design a collection I made it very clear to them you know what first of all I won't compromise on quality because I do love the quality of a Wolford stocking mm. and a Fogel stocking but at the same time you know it's not within very many people's budget to go mm-hmm. and spend 50 whole pounds on yeah. a pair of stockings Agreed. And I said to them, if we're able to produce this quality, then, um, and something very similar to this, then I know I can be faithful to my own brand. Mm. And what's interesting is, is that we produce our stockings in the same factories that make Wolford stockings. So our product is extremely similar in thread count and in quality, but we are able to sell our stockings for a sixth of the price because we sell them through a selling group, which are are one of our biggest chains of supermarkets and department stores. Mm -hmm. Our... um, The quantities that we sell are so great that we were able to... uh, get a much better price for a far higher quality. So actually at the end of the day, and I remember very clearly back in 2010, I was speaking to the producer of stockings that sell stockings in Tesco's and to Dior. Same company supplying both. And they said, you know, it's it's very often the same product that's put into different packaging. Mm. In Dior, it costs seventy pounds, and in Tesco's, it costs four ninety nine. Yeah, and it's it, it it's it's mind blowing. Yeah, and but I think it's really a big factor in our lives now because you know we're so much mm. more conscious about well, first of all, quality, sustainability, all of those elements, but second of all, price because you know we don't have money to throw away and and while we don't have children and we're starting out and we're on our own and we're we've only got to be responsible for ourselves we can invest a bit more no. more money in our clothes and our tights and our everything else we're doing but when you have a family all yeah, the priorities yeah. change and your you know your money is really prioritized in terms of food clothing rent also to emphasize in terms of you know starting your own, whether it's stockings or bags or whatever you want to launch, that today it's so much easier to do your own brand Mm -hmm. because, you know, you don't, you have, you have, we have a marketing platform immediately. So you can go up against the really big companies, Mm -hmm. you know, you've seen, you know, the friends of mine, they launched the sunglass brand in Denmark called Christopher Clues. And you know, they've com- they're completely disrupting the market because they have been able to market it themselves. And, you know, they use this online, plat- you know, they use social media to do it. 
And so they can go up against the really big brands, which you are able to today, and yeah. you're not able to do that 15 and, years And that's the same yeah. time that we are often yeah. talking about, you know, this whole new world of influencers. You're seeing a lot of people, you know, who desperately wanted to become models that mm. couldn't really, or wanted to be TV presenters, or wanted to be whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, there is this enormous... A platform whereby you can do these things mm. that you just couldn't do beforehand. Well, also, what I love about it is that you can actually see real people doing yeah. these things because, you know, back in the day, we saw the most beautiful, glamorous supermodels presenting things to us. And we were all slightly like, oh, we're never going to look like that. We're never going to be like that. That's yeah. so unattainable. Whereas nowadays, we can see somebody completely real doing the same things and we can actually connect with it and engage in it in a much more realistic yeah. way. And I and I love the fact that we can do that. I love the fact that everything is much more relatable. Yeah. There's less pressure on ourselves. There's less less pressure to be stick thin and... But, 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 I'm going to have to introduce you here, Sophie, because, interrupt you rather, simply because something that I often have uh, people uh, DMing me on mm. Instagram about is the fact that, you know, nowadays with all these filters, you can filter yourself tall, you can mm. filter yourself slim, you can filter away the wrinkles. Mm. I mean, people are filtering the shit But I think that is everything. And I think it's really important I think it's all to down keep it to authenticity. Real. I, I agree. have experienced on many and occasions meeting someone Yeah, me too. Who was a big, powerful influencer. Yeah. And actually, when I saw them in real life, I was like, are you the same person? Yeah. And I yeah. do think that it is a little bit frightening yeah. uh, what's happening and why people, again, feel the pressure to filter the shit out of everything. I'm so sorry well, to say I, that I again. do agree with but that. But I, I very much believe in keeping it real because, again, you're making it even more, uh, it's even more unrealistic. It's even more unreal. And you know, as you were saying just before, in olden days, the biggest supermodels, they were almost unattainable. They were out of reach mm. because they were so beautiful and you could never be like that. I slightly feel that filters are a little bit doing the same. They're trying to make something I, that, that isn't I, real. I agree with you. But, and that's why I think that, you know, for me, I follow people that I actually have a connection with. And I certainly have that connection with the people that follow me. And I wouldn't follow somebody that I didn't think was authentic. I'm not going to follow somebody that just promotes and promotes and promotes and promotes and promotes just to make money. I think it's really important. Certainly for me, I'm brand ambassador with a few brands. And I think for me, it's got to be something that I really believe in. I'm not going to sell you a skincare product if I don't think it works. And, you know, the relationship I have with the few brands that I do work with, I feedback my complete honesty to them, whether it's things that work or don't work. And I say to them, you know what, this is designed for somebody yeah. with really thin hair. It doesn't work on my hair, it all sticks it together. And so I have to let my followers know that that's not necessarily the but case. So I think it's, it's very, very true. And it's very, it's very in the moment right now. And it happens a lot. But I think the people that you follow, um, should be the people that are authentic and actually... But you know what, that's why we had our on our last panel discussion, it mm. was on social media, and that's why we chose to have... We had a um, clinical psychologist on the panel. Ah, okay. Then we had, you know, an influencer, and then we had somebody who was both speaking up against and for social media. Mm. It was such an interesting discussion, and it's so important to um, to talk about, you know, first of all, what the... Um, what the effects on social media is on the brain, what mm -hmm. actually happens mm -hmm. in the brain. Yeah. Um, so we are really trying to do that in, in a lot of events. And, I think that's really interesting. Think, and I also think I see a, we see a shift from, yeah. we talk to a lot of brands where we're creating brand partnerships for some of the women in our community. Mm -hmm. We see a lot of shift of brands wanting to take more entrepreneurs on board mm -hmm. and not just influencers, but actually having somebody with a story, with a story yeah. somebody yeah. that speaks up for a cause yeah. and not just. And um, funny enough, I, I had a meeting with a, a furniture um, manufacturer on Friday and they were talking about becoming their brand ambassador. And, and I said, why did you pick, you know, why did you invite me to have this discussion? And they said, because you're actually doing interior decorating and a lot of the interior decorators that we've spoken to are not. And, you know, it's hard to share everything on social media and it's certainly a very time consuming process. Um, you know, I can't, 
I can't share every element of my life. I share what happens on a day-to-day basis, which is basically me, my boys, working, cooking, um, what I'm wearing, and not necessarily all the clients I'm working with. Because first of all, there's a big privacy thing uh, on letting people into other people's lives. And second of all, it's not always that glamorous and that pretty. And so you kind of overthink it sometimes. And I think that... You know, I think that there's also quite a big movement for having a bit more of a story than just your Instagram, have a yeah. website, have a have a more of a panel discussion going on behind the scenes yeah. because Instagram is very yeah, immediate. It's yeah. it's there one minute and it's gone the next and what you say is 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 you know, in that moment and then it's gone. And I think there's there's got to be more um sustainability to it and more engagement to it which is why I really enjoy doing our podcast and you know Caroline and I started this when last last year and we actually find that it's just a much nicer way of engaging with our followers and our listeners because you actually get the real inside scoop of the person it's not just you know I'm not going to put up a picture of me looking absolutely disgusting when I've been cleaning up dog poo from taking my dog for a walk, you know? I'd much rather put something up when I'm on my way to a meeting and I've actually got myself in a presentable state. But that's kind of who I am. I don't like being out and about when I'm not a little bit groomed. And um, I think, you know, it's, it's definitely worth mentioning that social media is definitely the best side of people's lives. Yeah. It's not the always the nitty gritty. I mean, I'm certainly not going to share an Instagram story of my son having a tantrum because he hasn't got his own way. You know, so there's definitely a filter on life in that way. But I also find that the positive side of it is that Instagram makes me feel very positive. You know, I, 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 it makes me want to be the best version of myself. I, I like following people who make me feel empowered and excited and interested. And, you know, I love what people are doing now. I mean, I've, I've got a really good friend who has, um, a internet account called the daily dress edit. And I quite often just go onto her dress edit and think, oh, what's she wearing today? And it will give me inspiration of, of, you know, what looks great, what's trending. And I think it's really great as a tool. And that's in the same way that I think be bold is really great as a tool because you can share all these ideas and speak to each other Mm -hmm. and have a forum. And tell me, have you got the app up and running yet? Yes. So I am testing it today on my phone, um, which means that it's done. So we're testing it this week. So our app is done. We're testing it this week. I'll show you. What's it called? What's it called? So our club is called the Bold Women's Club. Mm -hmm. And the um, app is the Bold app. Mm -hmm. So as a member, the Bold app, you can't, yeah, exactly. But you can't see it yet. Oh, I'm testing it today, (laughs) but I'll show you, but I'll show you a picture here. Um, so you can see what it looks like. Um, so it's very, everything's very pink mm-hmm. um, because we want to give everybody a girly experience. Yeah. Um, so here you can see, so you'll okay. have, you know, the updates again, sharing stories of women, promoting their Fantastic. businesses. And then everybody will have their own profile oh, where you amazing. put in, you know, your interests, what you're looking for, who you are, where you're from. So it's almost yeah. like a LinkedIn, but exactly. for, for a like female communicator. Yeah, I love exactly. that. Exactly. It's such a great idea. And I think it's a really important mm-hmm. message that we're giving to people that yeah. we're not on our own. It's hard. Yeah. Life isn't always yeah. you know sunshine and roses it's Absolutely. quite often hard slog no, that's and why grit this is so great as well you girls you know sitting here having l- little arguments within your podcast so it's so real <laughs> like you know discuss debates you know i think caroline's coming in, it, but it, it's the truth yeah yeah, yeah no it's important yeah. and i think it's a really good way for us it's very real yeah. it's very real and caroline and i have a whole yeah. you know view of things in in yeah. the same way in different ways and you know it's about us being different yeah. women if we was to agree with everything each other said it would be awfully boring so when are you having your next event in Denmark now that I'm moving in uh, oh, two and a half weeks actually, I'll, 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 yeah so we will have a conference with 500 people in November um, so where I was just we're so we're hosting it together with a, a Danish uh, female network which I love as well that we're collaborating with collaborating with them because you, it's called female invest they're a little bit different than than we are and their focus is different so there's a lot of synergy so we're doing a massive conference with them uh in november shall i come yeah of course you shall you guys should even do a podcast there 
That would actually be yeah. great. That's a really, well, really, really actually, good idea. When, subject, when, when is that in November? Because Sophie, let's plan it straight yeah, away. Yeah. Have you have you subject, set a date yet? Yeah. Saturday, yes, yeah, Saturday, November second, and ticket sales will go up in like a month or so. Amazing. Amazing. Um, I also wanted to just bring that up while we're talking Saturday about our podcast. Caroline and I will very much be going forward with our podcast. We yeah. are um, going to get somebody locally to help us set it up, and Caroline will be coming live from Denmark, and I'll be coming live from London, and we will absolutely. Have... Don't you worry. We will be back in your kitchen once and a week at least. I have to say, I think it's going to add a new dimension. It's going to have a lot of Danish guests coming from Caroline's side that we'll have open discussions with, and London guests as well as usual, um, where Caroline and I will both be entering the conversation. Caroline from Denmark and me from London. So I actually think it will be quite an interesting Danish London connection uh, going on. And um, you know, you're about to embark on a whole new, very exciting chapter in your life, and I'm excited to hear step by step how that goes for you. It's a big challenge to change everything. That is being bold. That is being being bold. That is taking a massive leap, not back, but actually forward for me because I haven't actually really lived in Denmark since I was seven years old. Wow. So it's such a huge, phenomenal, extraordinary feeling for me. And I feel like, I feel like I'm going home for the first time, for the first time. Since I was a child, I feel like I'm going home. Although I was there from 14 to 18, I went to boarding school, the boarding school that my son goes to, and I loved it. But after boarding school, I was there for three months. And then I was off traveling the world and I've been out ever since. So it's a really, really, really big deal for me. But it's also something that I'm so ready for. I think there comes a time in our life... When we just we we just want to go we home, break whatever free. home is, whatever yeah. home means. And I do think that you know we all we're rather like snakes. We like shedding our skin every so often. Mm. And I mean, certainly for me, I go through phases where I just want to go out there and win and do something different and do something exciting. And I feel like you're shedding your London skin and you're about to completely reinvigorate your mind, body, spirit, so and too. soul, darling heart. I believe in your so hometown. too. I believe so too. Yeah. And there's a funny thing with this whole seven-year cycle that yeah. a lot of people talk about. They talk about it in marriage. They talk about it in a lot of things. I've now been here for seven years. Yeah. My previous I was home, married I was there years. for seven years. <laughs> then I was in Switzerland for seven years. I was on Draycott Avenue for seven years. Then I was in Switzerland for seven years. I was also married for seven years. Yeah. It's quite remarkable. I'd like now to do my next thing for 70 years. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because seven. they do say that we're a bit immortal. We can be as old as we wish to be. But I do think, you know, this is so exciting for you. Such an, an exciting sort of chapter and new start and fresh beginnings in your very familiar surroundings. Yes. So you've got the safety with the excitement. Mm, yes. And I have got a feeling that you are going to go on to do some incredible things in the next couple of years. Well, you know what? I'm going home as a grown-up, mature woman. I left as a child. I'm yeah. coming home as a woman. And therefore, it's also been really important for me not to rush into anything. I've got a lot of... I'm as excited as I think a lot of people are for me to come there. I... But I've made a real point of not committing myself to anything because I'm really, you know, for the next the next step for me is really, I feel as if I have another 20 years of being super active, um, super duper active mm. with a sparkly bright brain and a physically very strong body. And I think in those in the next 20 years, I want to devote and dedicate my time to to something as great as I can possibly do. And I think in the world that we live in right now with climate change, terror, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's really important to be extremely responsible and incredibly sustainable. And you know where I have, as we spoke about earlier, I've been an entrepreneur in my own right and I've been trying to create the most luxurious products for the most affordable money. I think, again, we're living in a time now where it really is about less is more. Mm -hmm. Eat less food, but the very highest quality. Buy less clothes, but the very, very highest quality. I've now decided that I'm slowly going to walk towards producing less products, but of the very, very, very highest quality Mm -hmm. using products that need to be recycled in a way that doesn't pollute. I want to help Mm -hmm. clean up the world. I want to help use in a creative way 
global waste mm -hmm. of one kind or another to create incredible home products that are made um, in a really responsible, sustainable way. My passion is absolutely in the kitchen. And um, and that is where I think I'm going to devote well, I'm super the next few years of my life. I'm, and it's very bold. It's very I, and, I'm, and I'm wondering if it's time, we haven't talked about this, but I'm wondering if it's time for your first tattoo. <laughs> we haven't <laughs> talked about this. So I can't wait for the Guys, if, if you guys saw me right now... Uh, my uh, eyes almost popped out of their <laughs> sockets. My uh, my throat almost came out of my body as well. Well, funnily enough, Safe, I don't know if you remember, but uh, way back when I did actually once have a tattoo. Did and, you? And uh, yes, I, I I I had a little tattoo on my wrist. Yeah. Um, lost a bet. Uh, yeah. Holy Mac a doodle. <laughs> Sophie has just shown me her first tattoo. But can yeah. I tell you something, sweetheart? Yeah. I did my tattoo about yeah. 12 years ago yeah. and uh, I then decided I didn't want to have my tattoo mm. anymore. And I've got to say to you guys, if you're considering having a tattoo, you must be sure that you never want to have it removed because I can tell you having a tattoo removed is more painful than childbirth. What did you have? Oh God, that's not good. You had your initials? <laughs> I had a name on my wrist that oh, didn't need to be there good. any longer. <laughs> Okay, well, mine is actually, it's marking a point in my life that I feel I've managed to achieve and get to. And I have never before felt this way. And I'm so thankful for, for where I've got to. And I really wanted to mark that in my mind, in my soul, in my body, in every way I could by putting a symbol on my wrist that I believe to be very powerful and strong. It's actually the three pinnacles of my life, the me telling, and my two boys. I love it. And, and it is um, very simple and beautiful yeah. and you will not regret having I that don't regret on it. your wrist, in even fact, when you're 95. I'd like to wake up in the morning, look yeah. at it and feel thankful. And it's it's a really empowering, it sounds very strange and I'm, you know, I'm 43 years old. I feel a little bit rebellious, a little bit naughty, a little bit like I've done something to really break the mold that I've been set on um becoming and being and i and i strangely feel very unleashed and, and liberated i liberated. can see and what's hysterical yeah. is i'm now going to ask you a question yeah did you by any chance do that tattoo with caroline stanbury and paris did. hilton not with paris <laughs> hilton. i did it with my sister-in-law and actually caroline is an interesting force of nature because she does lead me down paths that i don't think i'm going to go and then when i actually sit and talk to her about it um i strangely feel very empowered and Caroline has also been on a massive role in her life and she's got to a place that she's really really proud of and when I sat down and spoke to her for a good hour at her hotel when she was here um, last week we sat down and we just said to each other it's amazing how far we've both come you know she's moved to Dubai and uh, opened her world up to a whole world of new possibilities and new opportunities and I have kind of restarted my whole journey on my own um and both of us sat down and, and felt strangely empowered and when she said well I've got my man coming to do a tattoo because this is marking a point in my life that I feel really proud of I said oh my gosh you're mad and as she was doing it I said you know what I don't think you're mad I said I I feel really empowered by what you're doing and I want to do it with you and I want to have this moment together and you know I know it's not the same but when we were in Dubai together she said come and have a second hole pierced in your ear and I was like no don't be silly I can't do that you know I should have done that when I was 16 not 43 and it was one of those moments again where you feel slightly adventurous yeah. and rebellious and I am waking up every morning now and seeing my new triangle which um, has a lot of symbolization for me and I'm feeling like I'm not going to say no to any opportunity that comes my way anymore and I'm going to explore everything I'm going to live my life to the full and I'm going to become really proud of what I'm doing and successful and happy and yeah I'm, I'm excited about life should be yeah, yeah. And this is a really good time to be bold. Absolutely. <laughs> what a wonderful morning, guys. Wishing you all a phenomenal week. What a treat to have you here, Nicolina. Cannot wait for your amazing event in Denmark in November. And hopefully lots of other great things 
before that, Sophie and I will definitely be downloading the Be Bold app and uh, sharing with you guys how we can continue empowering each other, continue giving each other the strength to go and follow our dreams and do what we believe in. Sending and you lots no of love from the kitchen. who you are Thank you so and much where for you come me. from, you can do it. I think that's really the message here is yeah. no matter what walk of life you come from, no matter where you live, no matter what you're hoping to achieve, just go for it. Because Be if bold. you don't exactly. try, you'll network, never know. Good luck, guys. And do it. Exactly. <laughs> Sending you all our best wishes and thanks for joining us this morning. Happy week ahead. Thank you. <laughs> and love from London. Bye. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.